Welcome to Blondie and the Brit, Writing, Publishing, and Beyond. You can find our show notes and more information about our podcast at blondieandbrit.com. That's B-L-O-N-D-I-E-A-N-D-B-R-I-T.com. Welcome to Blondie in the Brit podcast. I am Blondie, KJ Waters. And I'm Suzanne Cowman, I'm the Brit. And together we're Blondie in the Brit. Yay! Woohoo! I am the author of Stealing Time. And I'm the author of the Rejected Writers Book Club. Welcome to Blondie and the Brit. This is a very exciting podcast that we're doing because it is our author roundtable. We have seven authors on this call right now, and I'm going to have them introduce themselves in a second. But I just wanted to let you know that this is our, in the last podcast you heard, Suzanne and I were talking about our launch team, and these ladies are in our launch team. We've all launched books in the last month or in the next couple of weeks. Um, And we just had a Facebook party last night that went really well. So um, all these ladies are here and excited to talk to you about a lot of different things. So let's get started. I'm going to just have each person introduce themselves really quick. So why don't we start with Camille? Hi, this is Camille DeMaio. And my second novel, Before the Rainfall, came out in mid-May. And it is set in a Texas women's prison in the 1940s, a work of historical fiction. Exciting. Okay, Kim. Hi, this is Kim Hunt-Harris. And I I write the Trailer Park Princess Cozy Mystery Series. I'm getting ready to uh, release the fourth book in the series. It's called Knickers and a Twist. And it'll be out on July 15th. Amy. Hi, this is Amy Quick Parrish, and I'm the author of Into the Storm, which is my second novel. It uh, is a supernatural action adventure set in West Texas, and it released May 25th. Exciting. And Carrie? Hi, I'm Carrie Ann King, also known as Carrie Schaefer. I am talking about my second book of women's fiction, which is called I Wish You Happy, releases July 1st here in the United States, but is currently a Kindle first pick in the UK. Excellent. And Melody? Hi, this is Melody Robinette. I am releasing the first book in a paranormal romance series called Etheria, and it is coming out June 27th. Same day as mine. Suzanne, let's see you next. Hey, you know me, Suzanne Kalman, and I've just launched the Reject, uh, Rejected Writers Take Stage, a comedy set in a small town. And I'm KJ Waters, and I am about to release on June 27th my second book in the Stealing Chime series called Shattering Time. Okay, so you can see that we have a variety of genres. We have a lot of experienced authors here and a lot of good information to share. So some of us are independently published. Some of us are with publishers. Some of us are hybrids and do all kinds of different things. Let's start off with this. This is something kind of personal. We want to know... What is one thing you want your audience to know about you? And I'm going to start with Carrie and King slash Schaefer. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be that, that I am. I have multiple personalities. So <laughs> I'm here as Carrie and King today. I'm also known as Carrie Schaefer. And it's a little tricky to keep those two <laughs> straight in my own head and online. Yeah, I bet that's true. We had trouble with the Facebook party. I'm like, what do I call her on the thing? I'm introducing him. Like, I don't know. Her book says Carrie Ann King, but I know where it's Carrie Schaefer. So, yes. Can you just tell us for a second why this is one question that came up at the party last night? 
Why do you have two different names? I write two very different lines of books. So Carrie Schaefer writes uh, fantasy and paranormal mystery. Carrie Ann King is writing much more serious contemporary women's fiction. I'd say serious. Everything has a twisted, dark sense of humor because that's me. But my (laughs) publisher wanted to keep those two things a little bit separate. I guess so readers wouldn't be confused, but it's okay for me to be. So (laughs) You're you're the only person that's confused. (laughs) That works. Yeah, pretty much. Well, that's an interesting point, just that if you do have two separate, completely separate genres, that maybe it is better to have a, another pen name, although you have to manage both. I don't know how you do that. <laughs> that blows my mind to have, to have two different presences. Let's move on to Melody. What do you? What is one thing you want your audience to know about you? One thing I think they should know about me is that I'm not afraid to break genre boundaries. Ooh. I'm very open and honest in my writing and I would rather not, you know, say, Oh, I'm only gonna write paranormal romance or I'm only gonna write young adult fantasy. I wanna have the freedom to write whatever I want and for my readers to know that my voice is gonna be the same and my character development will be the same, but it's gonna be in a different setting each time. That's cool. Very original. What about you, Amy? What's one thing you want your audience to know about you? I guess they might want to know that the cannons they hear going off are <laughs> so I apologize for all those. I think that's the best thing they need to know. It's something they do every 17 years. I guess the other thing I'd want them to know is, you know, I, I kind of market my books as kind of superhero books, but they're not traditionally superhero in the kick-ass Buffy type style. Uh, there's a lot of romantic element to it. And kind of heavy on the supernatural, time travel, and then the romance. So it's kind of a little bit of a feathered fish, but I personally think it works. Good. Yeah, very original (laughs) as well. What about you, Kim? One thing you want your audience to know about you? You know, I think if they know nothing else, I want them to know how much I love writing these books. Because, you know, have you ever had a TV show or a a movie or something that you really loved and you find out later that it was a horrible experience, like they fought the whole time and everybody was miserable and it kind of changes it? I, almost every second I spend writing these books is just a complete joy to me. So That's great. And I'm sure they know nothing about me. Just if they're laughing whenever they read my book, just know I was laughing too when I wrote it. Oh, that's cool. That's I love that. What about you, Camille? I have an insatiable love of travel, which really informs my writing. So the books I've written and the books that are in the pipeline are all set in different settings, and I love to travel to those places to really absorb that. However, my biggest fear is flying. Oh. I don't know why I got this big love and big fear that seemed to be so wrapped up, but I recently moved to the East Coast and discovered train travel, so I'm really liking that method of transportation. There you go. Just you need more time for that, but that works. Then you're not terrified and you get to where you need to be. Now, how did you take a train to Ireland? I would love to know. <laughs> well, that's not going to happen. I flew to Ireland. So I've been to four continents, so it does have to happen, but yeah. it is not my favorite part of life. You just sucked that part up. Yep, I get it. What about you, Suzanne? I think mine's actually similar to Kim in the fact that I'm really passionate about comedy. As much as, you know, comedy sometimes get, becomes the ugly stepchild of writing. Like people think that, that you know, I don't know, it's not always viewed as quite as uh, sophisticated, which of course it is in some ways. But I, I'm real passionate. I think it is a real key 
for everybody to release. You know, I love the fact that that comedy just has this effect. And it's hard to write. You know, it's not easy. It's fun to write. As Kim said, I laugh a lot when I'm writing. But sometimes getting it right can, can be challenging. So I love it. I feel very passionate about writing comedy, and I'm glad that I do. That's great. That's great. Well, I, I got asked this question by Suzanne last night, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. But she gave me a great answer that I'm going to use. <laughs> she told me that I sh- one thing I want readers to, to know about me and other authors is that I want them to know that if if you feel like you can't get anything written, you don't have any time, you really just have to make the time. And the reason that I'm saying Suzanne said this is because she reminds me, and of course, this is just part of my life, so I don't even think about it, is that I write during gymnastics, I write during piano lessons, I write at, you know, two in the morning when I need to, I, you know, get up early. I have three kids and I have a job and all these other things going on. So one of the things that she was emphasizing is that like you have a excuse, 20 excuses of why you don't write. I want you to be inspired and just find little little chunks of time like that, that you can try to go and write. And that's pretty much why my books take about a year, year and a half to write is because I'm squeezing these little bits of time out and trying to create a a cohesive piece of work in the process. So no, I think that's great. Those little chunks of time add up, don't they? Yeah, they do. You don't have to have hours. You can do, you can write a book in 15 minutes if you have enough 15 minutes added up. Yeah, exactly. It's difficult to do, but I think once your brain gets used to doing it, it's kind of like it's just it's just part of how it is. So it isn't at first it's a challenge, but once you figure it out, it works. This is uh, Steele jumping into that subject, and I have four kids at home, and I always thought writing was something I would do when they were all out of the house. And then I read about Stephanie Meyer, who wrote the Twilight series, and she wrote that series at swim team practice for her three kids, and See? that's literally the thing that made me say, "Oh, if she can do it, I can do it." And you just you just have to carve it out and bring your laptop all the bunch of places. But yep. uh, she wrote a best-selling series that way, so I guess it works. Yeah, see, that's a great great input. And you didn't you work out of your home? You're a realtor, and you have four kids. And weren't you homeschooling? Uh, yes, all of the above. <laughs> so okay, <laughs> if Camille can write these amazing books, listeners, you know that you can find some time. Seriously, okay. Well, and this is curious. Okay. Just real quick and I think that's the trick um you know what you've figured out to do KJ is that make it okay with yourself to just do 15 minutes I yeah. think lots of times you know people get the idea well I have to have an hour and then they can't find an hour and so it just like it's too much and so they can't get going but yeah you can always find 15 minutes or even five yeah. you know to at least sit down and write a few words here there and everywhere yes exactly or yeah. plot your story or you know the other things that you need to do around it so you may not be able to get into the physical writing but you can figure out what you're going to write next so that when you sit down it flows. Exactly. This is Amy. I was going to jump in on that, that um, I always remember Hemingway's advice. He would always stop in the middle of a paragraph or in the middle of a page where he knew exactly what was going to happen next. Yeah. And if you press for time, if you just can sit down and you know, okay, the two bandits come up and this is going to happen, then you're all set and you can just move forward. And if you only have 20 minutes, at least you wrote that part. Also, I always remember hearing that Raymond Carver would write. He had so many kids and so much going on in the house, he'd get in the car and write. And uh, I remember some other, the writer who wrote, oh, that really good, it ended up a movie, The Help. She would pretend she was going on vacation, go in a hotel and lock herself up and write. So I think just whatever works, you know. That's awesome. Hey, I might not have to go hide in the car. (laughs) The kids are trying to find me. Where's mom? Oh, I don't know. She's in the garage. It's it's 95 degrees out there, but (laughs) she's writing. Oh, God. (laughs) 
Yeah, that, that's all good input. And I love that you guys are, you know, adding other famous authors that have made it work. So it's just a mindset, really, is what you need to do is figure out what works for you. Now, there's some people that don't multitask that well, and so they need to have a little bit more structure. So you can structure it in. So every time there's a piano lesson, you know, so if that helps you more than just trying to find it in between things. Okay, so question number two, and I'm going to start with Melody this time. Tell the audience what it's really like being an author. What was the fantasy versus reality? Well, the fantasy was that you wrote one draft that was really perfect and awesome, and you submitted it to an agent, and they loved it, and then it went to a big publishing house and movie rights sold and everything like that. And the reality is not like that at all. You know, you have to, editing is a major part of it. You have to rewrite a book. You have to put tons of money into it. Even if you're traditionally published, you have to do marketing and keep up with your social media. It's a lot more business side of things than I ever expected. Right. Exactly. Uh, that's, that's the main thing is that I didn't realize how much of a marketing mind I would have to get. Yeah, absolutely. Originally, I thought I was just going to be like this, you know, famous author on a writing throne. A writing throne. I need one of those. <laughs> I do have a writing throne. You have a writing throne. I have, I have to do marketing <laughs> from it, too. So. Oh, it's just a multitask on your throne. That's a shame. Carrie, what do you have to say about that? What it, What was the fantasy as an author and, and versus your reality? I think I always believed that authors... You know, if they were published and you had books in the store, well, then they were making a living at that and that was all they did and, you know, that they were just working as a writer. And I was rather shocked to discover that it doesn't work that way. And even people who have made the big list still might have a day job, you know, on the side because it, it's not real common to be able to make a good living off of your writing. Yeah. So that, that was uh, fantasy versus reality for me. Good answer. What about you, Suzanne? Uh, I think for me, I always had this fantasy of, you know, like a beautiful wooden walnut desk and, you know, the wind would be flapping in and there'd be flowers there and music playing and I'd write a chapter and that'd be it, you know, for the day. <laughs> and the reality, of course, is nothing like that. You know, I, start, I sometimes work 14-hour days between promoting, editing whatever I'm doing. Right now I'm working on a book cover. And so it's all it's surprising how much time it takes. And I agree with Mel what Melody was saying about the marketing. You know, you, I didn't realize there'd be this much. I love marketing, but I didn't realize there'd be this much yeah. that you'd have to do. And also just connecting with people. I mean, fans write to you. You want to write back. You want to connect and build and connect with other, pe other authors. So there's a lot more to it than just, you know, writing that fantasy chapter and then walking around, wafting around your garden cutting flowers, you know. <laughs> I love that image. That's beautiful. Such a visual person to add. It's hilarious. What about you, Amy? What was the reality versus fantasy? I think it's a lot of the same thing everybody said. I think that, you know, the marketing, the fact that you think, like, my friends at work are like, oh, your second book is out. I'm sure you're going to quit your job. And I'm like, well, no. <laughs> you know, people just do. I think it's mostly other people's ideas because I've been fortunate enough to have you know, screenwriting teachers or creative writing teachers and who kind of pull back the curtain a little bit and give you an idea of what it's really like. Yeah. So your expectations are more centered. But I have a, you know, I've had friends I've talked to who are like, oh, well, how will I do this? And what will it be like? And I'm like, well, 
here's the reality. You know, it's, just, it's, it's, it's work also, you know, but it's yes. fun. And so sometimes you think, you know, it won't be, um, you know, is it, but at the end of the day, you are in your own world. You are, you just close the door, you're writing and you're in your own dream world. So some of the reality is true. You know, the fact that you can just make up your own stuff, people come up to you and like your book, you know, and so it's a little bit of each, you know. Good answer. What about you, Kim? Well, okay, I'm going to, you know, what everyone else said. <laughs> I, you know, I assume I've always been a writer, and I, I assume by this point in my life I would be, you know, rich and famous and, and on my writer's throne, and, you know, it hasn't really it hasn't really worked out that way. And so that's, you know, that's just the reality of it. You don't, you know, it's not as solid, I guess, as I thought it would be. But the thing that's most surprising to me is that I figured by, at this point in my career, when I have, I've written... I don't, I've lost count of how many books I've written, but I thought that that kind of internal neurotic, I don't really know what I'm doing, I'm an imposter, you know, I figured that feeling would go away. And I'm starting to believe that that never, ever really goes away. Like, you, I thought that I would be more kind of confident in what I'm doing, and I definitely am more confident, but it's like, as the confidence has risen, the neurotic has just kind of stayed right there with it. around. And so you kind of live constantly in that what between feeling like you know you secretly believe I might be a creative genius you know I might be <laughs> a literary master but I also you know you also believe I might be a complete hack who doesn't know what they're doing and so you just are constantly I'm you know I'm constantly in that flux between those two things yeah. and I think a lot of writers are that's funny and where so, reality is you're right in the middle of that probably I mean you're not it's yeah I mean it's just yeah you just kind of you know this is this is how it feels, and I thought it would feel more like, yeah, I'm a writer. I totally know what I'm doing. I'm, you know, this is it. And but, you know, I never, I never really feel that. I was just having that conversation with my husband in the hot tub, the imposter syndrome conversation. You know, so I totally yeah. get where you're coming from. That's exactly fun. part of the gig, and I didn't realize that, but you know, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, that is. I guess that's part of the deal. Camille, what is your fantasy versus reality with that? Authorship. Well, if your fantasy is to have a job that you can work in in your pajamas, then I would say writing is the right career for you because I think that fantasy can actually be true. <laughs> that is true. Speaking um, for myself, maybe I have simple goals. <laughs> but I second everything everybody's saying, especially at the beginning. You know, you you think you're going to write that first draft and it's going to be picked up and you'll, you'll be on the red carpet in a year. And that is so, so far from the truth. You have to withstand a lot of rejection and a lot of hard work. But to give hope to your listeners, I would say that one of the things that I didn't even know was a fantasy, but became just fantastically wonderful about becoming a writer is the community that got built. I didn't, I thought it was going to be very solitary. And in fact, it was an amazing writing community. And I love the cheerleading that goes on between the different authors. I love walking into a bookstore and I feel like my friends are there because their books are there sometimes. Mm. But I love to, I, I just love the writing community that I've gotten from it. And I, I didn't even know that would be a fantasy that could be fulfilled. So there's a lot of great stuff about it too, but not without the really, really hard work. That's great. Excellent. Excellent summary. All right. We're going to move on to the third question. What character was the hardest for you to write in your books? And I'm going to start with Kim. I think the hardest for me to write. So I have this series, Salem Grimes is my protagonist, and she has a very complicated relationship with her mother. 
that I didn't know when I first started writing the series that it was going to, I didn't know that I was ever, the reader was ever going to meet the mother. But in the last book, she's, the mother's come in. She's been more, more of a presence instead of just referred to. She was actually showed up on the page. And that was really hard. I, I, you know, I write cozy mysteries, but there's a, there's a deeper kind of backstory there. But I didn't want to get too, you know, I didn't want it to be too harsh, but I still wanted it to be real. And so that was kind of a delicate balance. So that was a hard character. And then I also have a character named Dale in the second book who's just annoying, and he was meant to be annoying, but he really annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> he was good at it. He was, he was, yeah, he was, he was good at being annoying, and that was kind of hard. And I was, I was glad whenever he. He had to make his exit, and I was glad uh, to see him. Though. You killed him early because he annoyed you so much. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone now. That's hilarious. Uh, what about you, Amy? What's a character that was the hardest to write for you? It's an interesting question, kind of the same answer. I have Janie's mother, the protagonist's mother, hmm. who was so hard for me to write, and I think it's because, you know, in the first book, not much of a spoiler, the father dies. And so for the first book, the mother's really grieving, and, and so she's kind of almost an absent parent because she's so numb from her grief. And then in the second book, she needs to be, you know, people kind of commented, they expected it to be kind of a mother-daughter story since the father was out of picture. And it's interesting. It's just so hard to bring, for me, for some reason, to bring her to life. But uh, I worked on it a lot more in the second book because she's obviously not grieving as much. So uh, just to try to put myself in that place, it was hard, surprisingly hard, because my Mother raised me because my father died when I was young. So it shouldn't have been that hard, but it was interesting how hard it was to get in there. Yeah. And maybe because it was more personal. Maybe yeah. That's what it was. That's, yeah. I think that's probably a good summary of that. Uh, what about you, Camille? What's the hardest character for you to write? I have a character in my second book, Before the Rain Falls, named Yula. And Yula struggles with mental illness. Um, but my book is not a dark book. And so bringing that in and making it realistic, but not but also respecting those who do struggle with that was something I really I really tried to walk that line well. So that was a struggle. Um, my main concern being to not make it a caricature and, and to give respect to the people in my family who struggle with that. Yeah. So I wanted to do that sensitively uh, without bringing the book down. Yeah, that's a that's a challenge for sure, and also make it integral into the storyline. So is she is she the main character? Uh, she's not, but there is a piece of the story that does revolve around her. Uh, it's really the story of her sister and her sister's interaction with her. Um, um, there's a lot to love there and a lot that's challenging, and so that that did make the character of the sister a little difficult too to make her interactions realistic and respectful as well. So yeah. anything you're Anytime you're touching on something that is so delicate and, and difficult, you want to treat it right. And yeah. uh, that took, it took a lot of effort, but I've had some responses from readers that have really re they've reacted so well to it. So I feel glad about how I did that. Good. Good job. That sounds, uh, you make me not want to write that kind of thing because it sounds like a lot of difficulty, you know? internal struggles along with the usual writing getting to the plot and the character arc and all those other things so i i applaud you for taking that on i actually got a, a letter from a reader yesterday that she just somebody on the other side of the country from me that i've never heard ever met from and she just told me how much it had meant to her to have that represented well because she was struggling with the same thing and that that's amazing i wasn't wow. even setting out to people that was taking up this earlier because trying to write an authentic character and then that was just this beautiful surprise that came up just yesterday morning to see 
how the kids are meant something to her. So that's that's nice when you can hear those kind of things. Absolutely, yeah, and I I expect you'll probably get a lot more of that because it's it's something that is uh, not really tackled in in fiction, not very often, and not in a sensitive way that you have done. So good job, Carrie. What do you have to say about this? Which character was the hardest for you to write? I actually struggled with this a little bit because in my women's fiction, I the characters I really love all of them. <laughs> Having been a mental health counselor and then writing stories that are about grief and relationships and those kinds of things, um, those people really come fairly easily to me. But I, I guess I would say the hardest one just for sort of the finding the right shadings would be my main character, Ray, from I Wish You Happy. But Ray is an empath. So just kind of catching the right element of kind of what she picks up from the people around her as she's going along without making that be too kind of in your face as a reader. It it was kind of a a, required a fair bit of shading and and subtlety. And so I had to keep going over and um, kind of kind of smoothing that out. Kind of like doing watercolors. Ah, that's <laughs> and, um, an analogy. But I liked doing it. So calling it calling it hard, you know, it, it didn't seem hard, but it did take more finesse, I guess, is I would say. Challenges you guys have. <laughs> I guess we all have our challenges. You all are writing the right kind of thing, and maybe I am too. <laughs> Melody, what was which character was the hardest for you to write? You have a lot of different books and some really wild yeah. characters. So let's um, talk about let's talk about a theory, I guess. The most difficult character to write in Etheria was probably the hero, Ray, mostly because he is a firefighter, and I had to do a ton of research about the kinds of things that he does, and I also did a backstory where the reason he became a firefighter was because his uncle was also a firefighter, and they lived in New York City at the time of 9-11, so I had to do several weeks worth of research just on 9-11 and what the firefighters had to do during that time. Wow. And I had to tread sort of carefully with how I approached it and how I wrote his backstory when he's telling the main character, um, Aurora, about basically what happened to him and why he chose the path he chose. Yeah. So... I hate research too, but I do like I do like nine eleven research because it was it was really interesting. But research makes me overwhelmed because I'm concerned that I'm not going to paint picture correctly if it's something that I'm not one hundred percent familiar with. You know? Yeah. Well, maybe that's why you yeah. write fantasy because then you can just make it up. I know. Then I can just be like, "No, oh, that's a rule. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know my rules. <laughs> you don't know my rules." <laughs> And he's also, it's kind of rare to have, I don't know, from what I've read, seems rare to have a hero who is not the brooding, like, dark inside type. He's actually very upbeat and supportive and, you know, like a genuinely good guy. And my main character, the female Aurora, is the one that has, like, the chip on her shoulder who's very sarcastic and borderline rude. So I had to kind of balance them out. I didn't want two brooding characters. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I had to, like, make him not seem like, uh, how do I word this without saying the word, too sensitive. Yeah. If you know what I'm getting at. I gotcha, I gotcha. <laughs> um, all right, Suzanne, what, which character of all your crazy ladies? 
Am I crazy? Like, well, that's, that was the, the one character. There's a couple of characters that are a little challenging. But Daisy, who is my protagonist's daughter, who is a little spoiled, and she's a challenging personality, I think was my most challenging because you're balancing this against human. What I'm always doing in my book, and I wonder if Kim has this issue too, is you, you're putting comedy out there, but you've also got to make it real. You want people to feel this is a real story, even though my comic will comedies get kind of farcical at points. I want it always to stay kind of in that realm of reality. And one of that is by grounding them with characters that do feel real. And Stacey's one of those characters. It's so funny. I just got my um, second, you know, book. Somebody said, I love the book, blah, 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 the book, the book that I just released. But I don't know why they brought, well, she brought Stacey back. And I was like, well, this is my protagonist's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> we can't, you can't just write those characters, you know. And she's I couldn't just write. I couldn't just write her off. You know, it wasn't like you know she she didn't have a place. That was you know, and I I wanted that. I wanted people to to be able to because we do. We all have challenging family relationships that we'd love to write out of our stories, but we can't. You know, <laughs> so Stacey had to stay, and she was actually in the second book. And what I wanted to say to the person who wrote that was, wait to the third book. You're gonna like her much better by the third book because. <laughs> I'm looking at the arc, you know, the full arc of the story, and it starts in one place with each character and ends in a different place by that third book. So I know where Stacey's character is going, even though I don't like her very much either. She's definitely going to be better by the third book because of what goes on in the second book. I just think that that is the most challenging sometimes is to write those characters which you know need to be there, but you don't even particularly like them yourself. So Stacey was the hardest one for me. Yeah, well, that's very interesting. I have a character that was hard to write. I only have one character that's based on a real person. And that was hard for me in between book one and book two is to kind of get back into her head and not be too much like that person. So there's an advantage because I already have the mannerisms and, you know, the things that are connected to her. This is Steph from the, she's like the best friend of the main character. So in a lot of ways, it made it easier to write her in her voice. But the, somehow between the two books, it just made it really hard for me to kind of get back into her head. So I had a call her. I'm like, hey, how are you doing? Let's, you know, who are you again? And kind of reconnect that. So, but then once I got back into it, it was really pretty easy. I don't have, I have bad guys, which I think are really fun to write. I don't have a super annoying person. I guess you might consider the bad guys annoying in, in the sense of what they're doing. But um, I, like him and, and um, Suzanne, it sounds like you've written some people that are like, kind of get under people's skin so so kj does your friend know that your character is based on her oh yes and you know i yeah she's one of my best friends that i haven't kept in great touch with but i want to so this is my way of like hanging out with her (laughs) well that's a great character too so it's not like you've written a it's not like she's an annoying character yeah wouldn't that be bad she reads and she's like dang is that what you think of me yeah (laughs) Well, this has been a lovely roundtable. We have had here Camille DeMaio, Kim Harris, Amy Parrish, Carrie Schaefer, Melody Robinette, and Suzanne Kelman, and I, KJ Waters. Yeah, thank you for joining us on Blondie and the Brit. We had a wonderful time. We hope you enjoyed it too. Don't forget to find us on Facebook and on Twitter. Thank you. Please join us next week where we continue this great interview with the seven authors in our roundtable podcast. You can find our show notes and more information about our podcast at blondieandbrit.com. That's B-L-O-N-D-I-E-A-N-D-B-R-I-T.com. 